Chris Hayes from MSNBC and Stephen Colbert, who is a very, very funny comedian, really dig J6 TV. That is the other, that was exactly what I was just going to say. It is, as a uh, television practitioner, Yeah. Uh, it has been a tour de force of production. I think I mean, it's going to change how any congressional hearing absolutely. is held to a standard. He's right, if we allow it. Colbert. Uh, I don't think that Chris Hayes is right that this is a tour de force. It's stupidly produced. And people are clearly reading lines. But Colbert's right. Because what they're doing here is showing the model that the party wants in terms of governance here. For instance, we have a right to have an attorney represent us, right? Well, yeah. But if your name is Steve Bannon, you do not have the right to listen to your attorney's advice. Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. We made ourselves this week's partner of the week. It's the t-shirts they say on the front. The only need we take is to the Lord. A couple different shirts featuring the Lion of Judah, one of them with the cross of Christ in the background. It's the ToddHermanShow.com. And go to the top of the page. There's shirts link. Or pardon me, store link. Right now there's only shirts, but you go to the store link. Yeah, the people who love this stuff, love this stuff. We'll get into Stephen Colbert and Chris Hayes and their glee over the January 6th committee because it's exactly what they want to see. They get to pretend, courtesy of Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, that this is bipartisan when it's clearly not. But this has such insanely important implications. Only as I sat down to record this did I get news that the guy who attempted to attack, well, did attack, and it seems attempted to uh, to, to puncture uh, or stab with this um, this keychain weapon. And don't laugh about those. It's, that's like a brass knuckles. Um, Antifa suggests this for their for their street fighters because if you get pulled over, you get stopped by a couple. That's just a kitty cat keychain. Yeah, that's meant to stab people in the eye. That guy attempted to stab, it appears on video, a gubernatorial candidate, and then the insane party laws in New York State uh, let that guy go. He was out the next day, I believe, if not the, the day after, because of the no bail law, no cash bail. He, he got to walk. And only as I sat down to record this did I learn that the uh, the feds have stepped in and at least put a federal wrap on this guy for assault, so at least he can be held. So you compare that to what they're fixing to do to Steve Bannon because they may put Bannon away. 
And what's remarkable about this is the way this has all been done. Steve Bannon's going to be the first figure found guilty on contempt of Congress charges um, since 1974 and Watergate. And so why has he been found guilty in this? Well, because they won't let him launch a defense. He doesn't get to present real evidence on his behalf. He doesn't get to do discovery. He doesn't get to look at what the the January 6th TV show has on him. And more to the point, when, when his lawyers, when Bannon's lawyers said, no, you don't hand over those documents. Steve Bannon is now charged with the crime of listening to his attorneys. See, because this is not a court. This is what is called the star chamber. It's a pretend court. And the outcome is predetermined. And and this is made so very clear. We'll get into Bannon's statement. He went on with Tucker Carlson. We'll get into that in a second. This is made so very clear by what they are doing to Josh Hawley. If, if you spend any time on social media or, well, you can't avoid this. I mean, the party's media people and the Mockingbird media have been all over this. You'll see this footage of Josh Hawley, who is raising his fist. And it's a very tight shot they're using with Hawley raising his fist. And they want you to believe something about this. This made it into the committee. This made it into evidence. And it is absolutely the most doctored of footage in terms of context. And this comes in the same week. We'll talk about this um, tomorrow. This comes in the same week that Glenn Kessler, who is the so-called fact checker for Jeff Bezos's newspaper, that Glenn Kessler says that it is only the Republican National Committee that's making it appear that's, that uh, the figurehead has suffered mental decline. <laughs> and and that's, that's, that's his fact checking. It's just the Republican National Committee is making it appear uh, that the figurehead, who's a good, good boy and eats all his brekkie, has uh, suffered mental decline. So this is what they did uh, and attempted to do to Josh Hawley in the hearings. Senator Josh Hawley also had to flee. Earlier that afternoon, before the joint session started, he walked Can across- Can I stop that for a second? Does it sound like kids' story time to you? So this is a supposed member of Congress. She gets to call herself a member of Congress, but she's, she's reading a children's story. And, and this is supposed to be the, the presentation of evidence. And, and if you listen to her tone, it's exactly the tone you take when you read Little Bear. Senator Josh Hawley also had to flee. Earlier that afternoon, before the joint session started, he walked across the east front of the Capitol. As you can see in this photo, he raised his fist in solidarity with the protesters already amassing at the security gates. We spoke with a Capitol Police officer who was out there at the time. She told us that Senator, Senator Hawley's jester riled up the crowd, and it bothered her greatly because he was doing it in a safe space, protected by the officers and the barriers. Later that day, Senator Hawley fled after those protesters he helped to rile up stormed the Capitol. See for yourself. Did they show footage of Josh Hawley hurling, hurling through a hallway? <laughs> uh, number one, when he raised his fist, it was hours before. 
the uh, the breach of the Capitol, which was precipitated by the New York Times favorite fellow, Ray Epps. If you watch the video, Ray Epps speaks in a guy's ear, whispers in his ear. That guy goes out. He's the first guy to take down a barrier. And Ray Epps whispered in a lot of people's ears. There's on a bullhorn saying, we're going to the Capitol. We need to go into the Capitol. And of course, Epps is not going to be questioned by this committee. The New York Times has named Epps to be a victim of right-wing propaganda and conspiracy theories. So it was hours before all that that Josh Hawley raised his fist. Now, running through the hallway, I've been in the halls of Congress many, many, many times. People run. They run to get from meeting to meeting because a lot of these people live in meetings. Now, he may well have been running to find out, okay, are people hurt? Have people been harmed? What are we doing with security? Why is he maybe running there saying, wait a minute, why are they letting people into the Capitol? Why did they open the doors? There's an entire array of things that could explain why he's running through a hallway with, with files in his hand. Not all of them being that he's running away from people. And if he is running away from people, why would he not? Since we're told it was a violent insurrection of highly armed people. And there was a guy there with a gun and zip ties intended to take captive. And he's going to go to prison for 15 years. And he's probably the one who deserves that. But the treatment of, of, of Steve Bannon in this, this is a template. And I'm not, when I say it's a template, I'm not kidding. They're already doing it. There's already a January 6th type committee going after another Republican. We'll talk about that. It's a it's Republican senator. <laughs> They're going on what is a certified for real. We don't know if any crimes were committed. We don't have a target. We're not making any allegations. We're impaneling a grand jury to think about maybe we could somehow go out and find a crime that may have been committed somewhere. And this is a fame-seeking so-called attorney general who's just like all of the party's attorney generals. She is a brutal politician-fame-seeker. And so we'll talk about that. So where Bannon sits is, he is it is against the committee rules that he listened to the advice of his attorney. And Steve Bannon went on and spoke with uh, Cable News' most important host, Tucker Carlson. Steve Bannon, thanks so much. For coming on, I you know you, you can't kind of help but notice that you did of a crime which is not actually a crime most of the time in Washington or ever within the same 24-hour period as a guy who tried to murder a gubernatorial candidate in New York was released with no bail. What are we to make of these two events occurring the same day? Well, as you can tell, the Democrats are completely lawless, and look how they've run this committee. There's no ranking member. There's no minority council. It's not like the traditional hearings that have galvanized the nation in the past. And Tucker, I think it's one of the reasons that it hasn't really had that big an impact. You know, when they, they interviewed the people on the trial, I think almost all the working class people didn't even know what was going on. Your show with people like Darren Beatty and Revolver and Raheem, you've done actually more original reporting on what we've got to get to the bottom to. Look, we need a commission or a committee on January 6th. It's got to be with the new Congress, with Republicans in charge, and we've got to get to the bottom of the intelligence failures, FBI involvement, DHS involvement, the intelligence services, what happened to the Pentagon and, and the National Guard, all of this. All, Ashley Babbitt, all of this, ha- we have to get to the bottom of it. And people are going to get to the bottom of it, even to the fact of some of the testimony that was given by staffers 
uh, in, in mild trial. You know, we wanted decision makers to come over and actually go on record uh, under oath and say exactly what happened here, and they wouldn't. Well, they, they hid behind a privilege, of which they wouldn't allow, which they wouldn't allow me to, they, the, the, the judge at the time, narrow cast this on the executive privilege issue. I, I mean, I've spent my whole life in Washington. I've seen a lot of acrimonious debates, but the idea you would send someone to prison because you don't like his political views, there's no allegation that you organized January 6th that were there, stormed the Capitol. I mean, this is fully insane. They don't like your politics. They hate your attitude, and they're trying to send you to jail. Did you think this? I didn't think this could happen. We'll start there. Did you think this could happen? A hundred percent, I think it happened. This is the, remember, these guys all thought they were going to change China and the, and the Chinese Communist Party. They're taking on the aspects of the authoritarian state and state capitalism combined. This is the, the elites that run this country. This is exactly what, how they want to run it. Remember, Tucker, I'm not new to this. I, I've spent more than any Trump official in intense... Uh, you know, uh, being a witness in the Mueller commission for, I think, 30 hours uh, in the House Intelligence Committee, the Senate Intelligence Committee. I had Bill Burke. I had Alex Spiro. Here I had David Schoen. I had top lawyers. They wouldn't even let my they wouldn't even let it be that I could rely on the uh, on the opinion of my lawyer here. They took away every possible defense so somebody can have a defense of law. Okay, that's why didn't, we didn't even put on a defense. We just had a closing, had an opening argument and a closing argument. To Tucker, this is where they're going. I mean, you document it better than anybody, but no. People have to understand, this is just one fight in an entire process, and that's why it's absolutely incumbent that Liz Cheney's defeated in a couple of weeks in Wyoming by the Republican Party and by conservatives and by MAGA. And then later, we've already got Kinzinger out. We got another member of the committee, I think, is already retired. We got to defeat Loria. But we must have a sweeping victory in the House. And then Republicans have to have the stones to put on a real hearing. And by the way, let the Democrats have a ranking member, let them have a counsel, and just get to it. If you look at what Darren Beatty's done on your show alone, it's outrageous what the public doesn't know about this. We, for the good of the system, this has to happen. But in the meantime, you've just been convicted. I, I mean, if the, how do you feel about going to jail? Are you confident you would be safe there, for example? I, I, first off, if I go to jail, I go to jail. I will never back off a second. Look, I spent eight years as a naval officer. I've committed my life to this, pro to this program to get this done. I will never back off. I support Trump and the Constitution, and I'm not backing off one inch. I applaud the stance of that completely. And this is what it looks like to say, I'm fully, fully committed to a cause. They intend to make Bannon, of course, pay. And Ben, what's Bannon's saying is, you can't make me pay. I've, I've decided, I've already determined to pay. There's nothing you can do to me that I haven't determined that I'm allowed, that I will allow to be done to me. And of course, what they wanted him to do was plead. That's why they didn't want him to be able to launch a defense. But Steve Bannon is not at, at the least bit incorrect when he talks about the fact that these people intend to make this a template, that he hinted at that, that this is the way they intend to govern if they're ever allowed to continue to govern, which we cannot allow. This star chamber approach, which is about punishing enemies and it's enemies of their rule. This is what this is about. Everything in the party's curriculum vital or the, their activities for the past three years shows they're sick and tired of waiting for us, uh, us bitter clingers to come around. They're sick and tired of us not saying that, okay, we'll give up all of our freedoms. They're, they're tired of this. 
Can you imagine the utter frustration for them when they know they're better than us, when they know they've got better minds than us, when they know that they're gods on earth and we will not take the knee to them because we're hung up on this idea that the only knee we take is to the, to the Lord God, the, the, the God of Abraham, uh, the father of Christ Jesus, that he's the only one we'll take the knee to. And it's so utter. Can you imagine how frustrating it is for them to wake up day after day and we still haven't gone to them and pledged our allegiance personally to them? That, that we continue to say, no, actually, we like these light bulbs and, and we'll find places to buy light bulbs that you haven't determined that we have to have. And, oh, you're going to have us have low floor toilets. Oh, now we'll, we'll monkey around with them until we've got high floor toilets. And, oh, you want, no, we're not going to do that. Endlessly frustrating. And there's a bunch of 20% of us who said, hey, we're not going to take your magic injections. Can you imagine how infuri- infuriating that is for them? In the case of Liz Cheney, can you imagine how utterly terrifying it is for her that the life that she's known her entire life, which is you are the privileged class, which is you are the selected leadership, that this is so frightening for her that you have people are coming and saying, actually, come to think of it, we don't respect the Republican Party. Uh, Come to think of it, we recognize it as a private group, a a gentleman and ladies club that we're not members of, that you've conned us. And I've been talking about that for a decade since I worked there and and realized and watched in person what a con it was. I took, we took our uh, truck back there. My mom actually drove it across country for us because she wanted to make the trip. I wanted to have a car back there. I didn't have a car forever. It was a drag. And so when my wife and family came back to join me back there, we drove this truck out. My, my mom drove it for us and she loved it. She made this cross country trip and thank God the truck didn't break down. And so I had this truck and I drove it into work one day and someone was making fun of my truck. I said, I'll make fun of my truck all you want. I, I like my truck. And, they, and, and then but people in the leadership committee said, a leadership of the committee said, why'd you do that? Why'd you bring your car out? I go, because I need a car. They go, you don't know about the cars in the basement? What are you talking about? There's a, we have a basement full of cars you can use. We do? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of brand new cars down there. They're all donor bought. Wait, so we have, we have cars parked downstairs? We've used donor money to purchase cars and they sit there? They're down? Well, yeah, they're for events. Because we can't rent limos? And I finally went upstairs and I, I talked to Chairman Steele's, one of his assistants and said, hey, my wife needs the car this weekend. Can I use one of the cars downstairs? Sure, which one do you want? And, and <laughs> like a brand new, I forget the make of the car, but it's a stinking nice car. So look, we have a bunch of people who said, no, in fact, Liz Cheney, we don't respect the Republican Party. We see how they have refused to to fight on what you have determined are social issues. We see our debt. We see our rigged financial system. We see what BlackRock uh, and and Vanguard are able to get away with. And and we see you kowtowing to them. We're watching. We're watching you kowtow to China. Can you imagine how utterly panicked she is about this? And all litmus tests, all, all litmus tests prove this. Did Liz Cheney leap in front of a microphone to say, why in the name of God did you just release a guy who attempted to stab and possibly kill a gubernatorial candidate? Nope. 
Did she leap in front of the microphone to say, wait a minute, uh, why do we have a vice president who's raising money to, to bail out uh, members of a terrorist group who are burning down American cities? No. And the list goes on and on and on and on that none of these things ever concern her or Adam Kinzinger because their concern is not the republic. Their concern is not for public safety. Their concern is not for decorum. Their concern is for the club of which they are members. And it's a club. You have to be members to join. Hey, can I get into the club? Now only members get to join. That's, and that's what they're panicked about. And then there's Chris Hayes and the media's response. And Stephen Colbert, who's a hilarious comedian, so funny. Sometimes he says the F word. So funny. Um, and then, of course, CNN and what they're doing with Steve Bannon. And then this other politician, this other senator, they're trying to J6. The, um, I mentioned the financial system. I did, didn't I? Uh, what, what time of year do most people retire? I, I, I think it's sort of the end of the uh, end of a year, right? Where are we at? We're headed into August. So what is your retirement date? Have you set that? Do, do you know if you can retire? What if you could retire early? Does your company have an early retirement program? Uh, has your company gone woke? Or they tried to force you to get injected or they're trying to force you to get injected? Because that's that, that garbage is still going on. Have you looked into the early retirement program yourself and said, hey, can I pull this off? Does that itch at you? <laughs> what was that Seinfeld episode? Jerry, do you ever yearn? Yearn? What's yearn? You know, just do you yearn? Do you yearn for that retirement? Um, it's a very risky thing um, to do early retirement too early, obviously. Can I suggest this? Because this has been a great, great help for people. Get in touch with Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management. He's the chief investment officer here. You know, he's on the program every Friday. And we talk about things financial and in the system and how the system is rigged and talk about his approach at Bulwark, which is one which is absolutely focused on risk management. Zach's the guy who's been telling you now for a decade, hey, watch what's going to happen with interest rates. Oh, hey, watch what's going to happen with oil. Yeah, and he's the first one to tell you, hey, I'm not always right, but that's why we put hedge upon hedge. There's a lot of people um, that at one time, it was like 30 people contacted Zach Abraham at Boer Capital Management, and they took their early retirement plan. This was from Boeing, which is a completely mobbed up entity. And they said, could we retire early? Half of them, half of them could. That day, they got to say, oh, you want to you wanna force me to get injected? Hey, how about if you pay me to not work for the rest of my life? I like that idea. I like that idea better. Other people, it was a lot closer than they thought. Zach will tell you, and if you can get this done early, he'll tell you what sort of lifestyle you can expect if you're not there yet. Well, partner with Zach to get there. He's the guy who's going to tell you that 60-40 stock bond mix, she done. New ways. Bulwark Capital Management, 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. I did it! I did it! I ended the government decreed statement right in line with the music. I have been working on that for about six months. Nailed it.
You ever get sad after <laughs> you ever get sad after you complete a big uh, a big goal? <laughs> There's some momentary celebration, and then it just hit me. Oh my gosh! I have to think of a new a new way to uh, to, to challenge myself in those partner announcements. The people um, love J6TV. That is the people being Stephen Colbert and Chris Hayes, who had a talk with one another about this and listen so, so ever so carefully to what Chris Hayes thinks is valuable in this. And this is, this is like us. You know, when the, the New York Times sent the reporters to Texas to look at the zoo animals and the New York Times reporter wrote back and said, there's a lot of people who drive big trucks, but don't have ranches. And he thought that was really indicative of the Texas lifestyle. And it never occurred to him that there's a whole bunch of people who live in Manhattan who own Lamborghinis and never in their lives get to drive the things over 18 miles an hour. Not once in their entire lifetime do they ever get to open those cars up. But that doesn't, that doesn't occur to him. Or that there's people who, who ride around in, you know, uh, three times stretch limos alone with the driver and them. That didn't occur to him. But, oh, they've got trucks and no ranch. Well, this is our glimpse into the minds of the people in the Mockingbird media and how they view J6TV. This week on J6TV, will Steve Bannon make it off the island? You've been reporting on politics for 20 years. This is the eighth hearing, ninth hearing tonight? Eighth Eighth hearing tonight. What has most surprised you? Is there anything that surprised you most about the last eight hearings? Well, I think, I mean, I, the, the sheer amount of new information they have uncovered is genuinely remarkable. And I mean, how have they given it to non-existent. us? That is the other, that was exactly what I was just going to say. It is, as a uh, television practitioner, Yeah. Uh, it has been a tour de force of production. I, I think mean, it's going to change how any congressional hearing absolutely. is held to a standard. Because the, you know, the, the circus that usually happens is no longer going to be seen as entertainment. This is actually informative and interesting. Yes, although the precondition, the necessary, and I agree, but the necessary precondition for that is that you have a unanimity of purpose among the members of the committee across party lines to get to the bottom of what happened and to present their case to the American public. That is usually not the case. Right. If you, if Jim Jordan were up there in his shirt sleeves, right. you know, and... Uh, you know, it, and everything is broken down in majority time, minority time, res, you know, response rebuttal. You can't do what they're doing. I think that is proof that Kevin McCarthy does not deserve to be speaker because he doesn't understand politics well enough to know what his own game was. Let, let me, I'm sorry, we've got to take a quick break. We'll come back to this. Kevin McCarthy, who is fine with all this. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy... Who, who gets on the phone with his dear, dear friend, Liz Cheney, and says, yes, I wish Facebook would do more to censor conservatives who are concerned about election integrity. Kevin McCarthy, who gets on the phone with his dear, dear friend, Liz Cheney, and says, yes, I'm trying to talk President Trump into resigning, but he's not going to. And, and, and Colbert is unaware of these things because he lives in the shiniest, bubbliest bubble that's ever bubbled. But the TV aspect of it, well, that's one thing, but the fixed aspect of it, this is why I keep referring to it as the party. 
God rest Rush, one of the things he said that you should always be wary of is bipartisanship. What are some bipartisan agreements? Here's some. The border remains open. You can be forced to get injected with garbage. We're going to give money to school unions laundered through school districts. We're going to continue to fund the same schools that are telling kindergartners there's no such thing as a boy or a girl and it's perfectly normal to have orgies in seventh grade. And in fact, it's preferable. Bipartisan. Bipartisan. A bankrupt company, a country, a a country that is functionally bankrupt is going to conjure digits on a conjured balance sheet and give those conjured digits to a country whose boss is worth $73 million. Where Hunter Biden had bio, bio warfare labs, let's call it what it is. That's bipartisan. It's bipartisan that we are going to ignore China preparing to take this country over by buying up our lands, by buying up our secrets, by producing the meant to be fraudulent PCR tests that are used here, by coming to our shores to produce these fraudulent poisonous useless and all too often injurious and all too often deadly drugs they've forced upon a populace. It's bipartisan that you don't criticize big pharma. It's bipartisan that you never admit that there are people who are attempting to destroy this country from within. That's bipartisan. It was a bipartisan agreement that we're not going to mention Black Lives Matter Incorporated, even President Trump. During the debates, oh yeah, he mentioned Antifa and God bless him for it. He didn't come out and say, let's talk about Black Lives Matter Incorporated, which is a terrorist group committed to the destruction of the nuclear family, committed to the destruction of America. That is, it's a racist group. It is the most racist group that's existed. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's the biggest race-based group that's existed in this country performing violence ever. It's far bigger than the Ku Klux Klan ever was. Bipartisan agreement. You don't do that. A bipartisan agreement that we continue to pretend that the, that the United States Treasury is not, in fact, injecting f- fake monies into this economy. We continue to pretend that it was not blatantly illegal the two times the Treasury Department purchased corporate debt at the same time as the lockdowns, which were pre-planned by BlackRock, pre-planned. Prior to the so-called pandemic being announced, pre-planned that those lockdowns, selective lockdowns, killed small business and transferred those financial resources back into the hands of BlackRock, the biggest financial transfer in the history of the world. That's bipartisan. We don't talk about that. We don't have hearings in the Senate. On, on Nancy Pelosi's husband, who is obviously an insider tr- inside trader because Mitch McConnell's an inside trader. And, it, and they get to pull out the shield of bipartisanship on this. 
J6, courtesy of Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, who are part of the party. Where is the, where is the Republican counter to this? Yes, I see. I see some of the stuff the Republican National Committee is beginning to put out, clowning on the J6 committee just a little bit. Where is their defense of political prisoners? We just had a guy commit suicide. He'd been in and out of solitary confinement in the, in the gulag in, in the D.C. jail for 570 some days. He was not accused of violence. He was not accused of vandalism. He was accused with improper parading. And he'd been, in, he'd been in prison, in and out of solitary confinement for, like I said, this 570 some days. Then they came back and said, yeah, we're going to put you in prison for a little while because you walked around a public building. He committed suicide. Where, where, is, where is the Republican response to this? No, it's bipartisan. We don't defend those people. We don't demand due process for them. Few and far between are the people that will do that. And see, this is where the J6 committee completely and utterly breaks down because the people of Congress have absolutely no moral standing to do any of this. They have no moral standing. They have no believability. They have no credibility. Because anywhere you look, it's a double standard. And where there are double standards, everybody say it with me. Where there's a double standard, there's a hidden agenda. That's that's true. Double standards equal hidden agendas. Always do. And we'll get into the senator that they're trying to take down using J6 as a template. And then (laughs) uh, the the, the hilarity of CNN attempting to scare their victims and probably getting it done and how they're doing that. The Soda Weight Loss Program is this simple. And I am a dude. The reason I'm saying this is this is a poison in my life. When I have to travel, I so loathe traveling. I so loathe getting on airplanes. And look, I've done it, oh, countless times, countless thousands, maybe tens of thousands of times. Nah, it's not possible. Thousands, probably 10,000 times. And I hate it. So I will put it off. (laughs) I know the flight's coming up. I, I know I need to make the reservations. I know I save money if I do it early. I know I'm going to get a better rental car. I know all this, but I drag my feet because I so loathe the thought. And then once I get it done, every single time I go, why do I do this? Why don't I just bite the bullet? Why don't I eat the frog and just do this? I have to do it anyway. You go to sodaweightloss.com. You give them your name and some information. They're going to get in touch with you. You're going to have a phone call. They're going to send you a form to fill out. The form's important. You're going to fill out the form. You're going to have a phone call. From there on out, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about weighing in once a week. We're talking about having a phone call once a week, unless you want more. Now, my advice to you, if you really are doing this, and I mean this, if you are really doing this to drug, I sound like Biden. Oh, it's not a joke. You know, I, I had typhoid uh, with pneumonia. <laughs> I, I digress. If you're truly doing this because you are bothered by unwanted fat and it's just, it, it's stopping you from living the way you want or your doctor has said, hey, hey, you're going to get diabetes. Like you're lucky you don't have it now. 
then my suggestion to you is do everything else in the program with soda. Okay, they're healthcare providers from way back. That's how they got started. The foods they send you, that's vitally important that you eat on plan and they make it super simple. They're going to send you, here's what you eat at what time. Later on, when you drop the unwanted fat, they'll help you reenter the world of choosing different foods. In fact, they encourage that. It's called the maintenance phase. But once you get those things done, the form and the website visit, it's autopilot, guys. You pick up the menu, you look at it. This is what I'm going to eat during the day. It's as easy as can be. All the work is up front. The website visit, the phone call, the forms, the weigh-in. That's it. Other than that, it's autopilots. And they'll even tell you how much unwanted fat you can expect to lose per week. And that equates to how much money you invest so you don't go the diabetes route. Diabetes don't take phone calls. Diabetes don't care. SodaWeightLoss.com. It stands for state-of-the-art because they are. SodaWeightLoss.com. So CNN um, decided to panic their audience, their victims, by saying this, this is how scary Steve Bannon is. So this is some of Bannon's show, but it is done CNN style. You'll, you'll notice the looming, terribly scary music in the background because Steve Bannon is swimming in water at night. His fin only visible right before he bites you in the side and you go, ah! And your girlfriend says, what? And you say, I don't. Joe Biden's illegitimate. Joe Biden is illegal. The only way the Democrats stay in power is cheat. We will never concede. It was obvious to those who are willing to do the work that this thing had been stolen. You stole this election and you bragged about it. All they can do is steal and steal and steal. And when I say steal, all they do is steal elections. We caught them in this lie. We caught them in trying to steal this election. The Justice Department, they understand where the bodies are buried here. They understand how this thing was stolen. That's how they scare their victims. And what is hilarious about this It's the same thing they did for three and a half years. About President Trump, none of this, none of this works when you apply any form of consistency. The rule of consistency is this. This is why whataboutisms are so important. What are you concerned about, CNN? Well, at CNN, we're concerned about the integrity of our democracy. By democracy, you mean republic? Okay, so you're concerned about that, right? We're concerned about people who spread misinformation, such as Joe Biden's an illegitimate president. All right, so you're concerned about people saying elected presidents are illegitimate. Well, if they're, if they're named uh, Trump, not I mean, Biden or Trump. Wait, which one is it? Well, it depends on it depends on the president and their views. Exactly. You're not concerned. You're not concerned about the sanctity of the republic. You're not you're not concerned about about disinformation. You just proved it. What about isms are the most vital tool, which is why the left tried to do away with them. So that's how they intend to panic people. But then there's this. Remember when we played the, the Stephen Colbert and, and he and Chris Hayes, they just love themselves some, uh, some of the J6 TV. They find it to be completely compelling, interesting, wonderful TV, high production values. You've been reporting on politics for 20 years. That clip, remember that? 
Okay, let's break this down a little bit further. The, the people in Congress, congressmen and congresswomen and the powers that be back there, they're deeply concerned about people who access the Capitol illegally. Hence, this this guy who just committed suicide and, and, and my awful habits of not remembering names. See, when I do the show, I've got the outline of things I intend to talk about, the links, and my life is news. I, and I don't like this, but this is this is the this is the the job of a of a rodeo clown podcaster. My life is news. So I know that this guy committed suicide. I know the Epic Times talked about it and we'll get his name and 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 talk about him as a human being later this week. But you take this guy, he was charged with parading in the Capitol, not vandalism, not violence. He was charged with trespassing and illegal parading. That guy was, as I say, over, over two years. Well, not quite over two years, but nearly two years, 570 days in prison, in and out of solitary confinement. It became so bad that he killed himself when he was told, yeah, we're going to go ahead and give you some more prison time. But Stephen Colbert's TV crew, <laughs> they were illegally in the Capitol. They weren't supposed to be there. They had an interview with Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff, who is dear, dear friends with Mitch McConnell. They're dear friends. Adam Schiff, who participated with Mitch McConnell and saying this was a coup attempt. This was a violent insurrection and a coup attempt. They interviewed him and they weren't supposed to be in that building. And, 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 they got off. Not, not a day of jail time. So again, what is the concern here, Liz Cheney? Well, the concern is we had people illegally in the Capitol. No, that's not the concern. Because you haven't done a thing about Stephen Colbert's TV crew. Well, they're a TV crew. And? And Dr. Simone Gold is a doctor. She was in D.C. to give a speech. She didn't get to speak at President Trump's rally for, for, for obvious reasons. She went to the Capitol. She walked in. She harmed no one. She didn't vandalize anything. She delivered her speech. She is going to prison. Why? Because she told the truth about COVID. And that's a bipartisan thing. You don't tell the truth about COVID. You don't tell the truth about the um, pharma companies. Yeah, you can go after Fauci, but really, really, really carefully using words like Tony Fauci's wrong or, or, or Tony Fauci got things wrong or, or Tony Fauci may have been deceptive. You don't come out and say flat out Fauci knew all of this was a lie. Fauci knew that the injections didn't stop transmission. You don't do that. You can't do that. That's bipartisan. It's a bipartisan agreement. Now, there was one other dude, one other guy who I remember being held in contempt. Does anyone else remember the most corrupt attorney general in the history of the United States? Eric Holder. Eric Holder was charged with contempt of Congress. Eric Holder spoke with Trey Gowdy back in the day. They had a conversation, and it went like this. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Holder, Assistant Attorney General Ronald Weich wrote a letter to a member of Congress, February 2011, a letter which was demonstrably false. Your department withdrew that letter 10 months later. 
when did you learn that that letter was false? Well, I would not characterize the letter as false. I'd say it contained inaccuracies. Well, Mr. Attorney General, it contained material, demonstrably false statements. Agreed? No. You don't think they're demonstrably false when you represent that ATF makes an effort to interdict all weapons going to Mexico? You don't think that's demonstrably false? Not in the way you use the word. Um, you said. Well, how do you know what way I use the word? I'm listening to you. I, I, is it false? Can I demonstrate that it's false? Well, uh, you said materially false. Now you're, you're using legal terms there. You're a lawyer, and, and so you're now. No, we're in that. We're in that realm. And you said materially false, and that's a fundamentally different thing. All right. Um, Do you think it was demonstrably false? I would say that it was inaccurate. All right. When did you learn that it was inaccurate, demonstrably false? You know, I'm not sure, but I had concerns about it um, early enough that um, in spite of the expression in, on February 4th, I ordered that investigation on February the 28th, and as uh, it, it was an evolving process, as time went on, um, more and more information became available, and it became more and more clear that that uh, letter contained inaccurate information. Well, it, it strikes me that if a statement that false were made to a judge, you would have withdrawn that statement, that brief, that memo, that filing, the moment that you learned it was false. Well, there are and I'm just curious why there's not the same regard for this branch of government that there would be for the judicial branch of government. Well, if you look at what happened over the course of months between the time of the letter until it was formally withdrawn, there were a number of uh, instances where uh, we indicated that we had concerns about what was in the letter uh, in, a testi in testimony that Mr. Weitz gave. At one point, I believe he says we are not... I don't remember the exact expression that he used, but he indicated there that we had concerns in a letter that I sent, I guess, in October. Eight months, a, a letter around Fast and Furious, which was false, circulated. Eight months. He was also questioned by Daryl Issa, and, and Holder said at the time, oh, well, well, in, in, in response to the documents you've asked for, we've reviewed 140,000 some documents, and we gave you 7,600. And Daryl Issa said, how many of you withheld? How many of you withheld from this committee? And he said, well, look, we've reviewed 146,000 and given you 7,600. And, and he goes, I don't want to hear about that. How many have you withheld? And then you have members of the Democrats jumping in, Democrat members jumping in and saying, yeah, regular order, regular order. He didn't get convicted. A judge said, no, 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 we can't do this. Why? Because it's bipartisan. There's a bipartisan agreement on this. If he was the first black attorney general. We, we can't go out indicting or finding guilty the first black attorney general. This is so unanimous. This treatment is so across the board. This treatment is so very clear. And now we'll get to the senator they intend the J6 because there is a attention-seeking, weaponize the law, so-called attorney general who intends to use this against Surprise, surprise, a Republican. The ToddHermanShow.com has a store link. You just go to the ToddHermanShow.com. It's hard to miss. It's right at the top of the page. You go down the page. There's a link that says store. I guess we should just create a quick link to this. We'll just do that. But right now, that's how you do it. That's where the ToddHermanShow.com t-shirts are. So they're one 
Partway to, to support the show, that is myself and Julie and Dave and Jerry and Michelle, the people who work on the show, people uh, I, I pay or have trade deals with to work on the show. Um, and it's a conversation starter. These are unique t-shirts. They don't exist anywhere else. There's The lion is unique. Both renderings of the lion are unique. They don't exist anywhere else. Um, you choose the shirts you like. My personal favorite is the bold lion of Judah with the statement, the only we need we take is to the Lord. And when you wear these shirts, you're probably going to get asked, wow, where'd you get that shirt? That's cool. Or what does that mean? The only need we take is to the Lord. And why is there's a lion on it? It's a great witnessing opportunity to say, well, one of the names that we consider the Lord is the Lion of Judah because the Lord is, is also has the role of being protector, right? He is a refuge and you get to enter in that conversation. And then on the back, it says the ToddHermanShow.com. And I think it says Emerald City Exile, doesn't it? I think it does. And we're going to come up with some unique shirts a little bit later. We're going to create a series of shirts for people who are uninjected. And don't feel bad. If you got injected, a lot of people got conned into that stuff. And we're going to have some pure blood shirts that we're going to come out. This is the second run of these t-shirts. We sold 1,000 in one night, almost 1,000. Um, in Bothell, when we did one of our speeches, one of the uh, events of Will God Rescue America? These will similarly sell. You go to the ToddHermanShow.com and get some for the family. Great conversation starters. Great way to witness, first of all, and most importantly, about your belief in God, following Christ. And secondly, far less important, uh, the existence of this podcast. Margot Cleveland at The Federalist is doing such unbelievably important work. And she writes, a Georgia prosecutor is making the Jan 6 show trial look like a paragon of propriety and due process. But now the targets of the Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis's political job are beginning to push back in the courts against her outrageous abuse of the criminal justice system. Here's what's going on. They're going after Lindsey Graham. Now, you can dislike Graham all you like, and from time to time, Lindsey's great, and very often he is a party man, and in whole, he's a party man. He's just good at sometimes breaking outside the party. In January 2022, Willis requested the chief judge of the Fulton County Superior Court impanel a special grand jury to assist in her supposed investigation into any coordinated attempts to unlawfully alter the outcome of the 2020 elections in the state of Georgia. Willis's request, however, made clear that the special grand jury would not be used to indict anyone, but would issue a report at the conclusion of its supposed investigation, making recommendations concerning criminal prosecutions that sees fit. It is number one officially a fishing expedition with a with an impaneled grand jury. Number one. <laughs> number two, the grand jury lacks the power to return criminal indictments provided that they're not actually going after anyone, but they're being given the right, apparently, to subpoena Trump's lawyers, uh, Giuliani, John Eastman, Jenna Ellis, Cleta Mitchell, uh, Kenneth Klisbro, um, and Graham. And in the case of Lindsey Graham, they intend to go after Graham on two phone calls. Now, the fact of the matter is, and this is a big hole in our system, and it is a fact in this system. Lindsey Graham is congressional is pardon me constitutionally protected from what he does as a senator from being prosecuted for it. It's one of the biggest holes in our system, and we need to figure out how to change this. But it require a constitutional amendment. 
or or you go after their staff, which does not require a constitutional amendment, in my judgment. Article six of the Constitution provides for any speech or debate in either house should not be questioned in any other place. The state of Georgia has no standing in this in this arena. It is constitutionally prohibited. Not that that matters. Because the Constitution also says state legislators make the decision, legislatures make the decision about how to run elections, not not state secretaries of state, but they don't care about that anymore. So she's using the same methodology, which is boundless powers of a court when it's in fact not a court to go after Lindsey Graham. This is what, I, I don't know that Bannon is, is referencing this, but it fits perfectly into what Bannon is cautioning us about which is using star chamber tactics to go after political opponents. And this is a cliche upon all cliches, but if they can do it to Lindsey Graham and Steve Bannon, they can eventually do it to you. And they are doing it to you. When you refuse to let Bill Gates stick it in you, they did it to you. When you refuse to, to, to have your kids wear woke, you know, woke face diapers and you therefore had to find other ways to school them, they did it to you. They used a star chamber. In that case, it's the CDC acquiring for itself the right to rule or the FDA acquiring for itself the right to rule. Or if we've warned about the day the news broke at the World Health Organization, <laughs> hey, we want to be able to seize control of, of any area of the United States when we determine that there's anything of concern, um, which we can, which, which could come from a social media post. Wow, we see a lot of, a lot of postings about ticks. We're going to send the World Health Organization in and seize control of the state of Montana. Well, that's what happens when you create gods of your own. Jeremiah 16, 10 through 13. When you tell these people all this and they ask you, why has the Lord decreed such a great disaster against us? What wrong have we done? What sin have we committed against the Lord our God? Then say to them, it is because your ancestors forsook me, declares the Lord, and followed other gods and served and worshipped them. They forsook me and they did not keep my law, but you have behaved more wickedly than our ancestors. See how all of you are following the stubbornness of your evil hearts instead of obeying me. So I will throw you out of this land into a land neither knew, or you nor your ancestors have known. And there you will serve other gods day and night for I will show you no favor. Now you could say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The party's not serving other gods. Are we kidding each other? Are, are, are we honestly kidding each other? They've made gods of mammon. They've made gods of, of once again, Baalian activities. They've made gods of power. They've made gods of TV. They've made gods of fame. They've made gods of fundraising. And, and, and we, and many of the conservative movement, and I mean this with all, all complete, absolute love in my heart. We've made gods of our guns, and I own a bunch of them. And you better believe I believe in the Second Amendment. And you better believe... You come and say my guns are illegal and absent a constitutional amendment, which you're not going to get. I'm not turning them in. I have absolutely no compunction with that. I've read Romans 13 and I understand it and I will follow it. And the second amendment is clear and easy language, but people have made gods of their guns. Here's what I mean. How much time do you spend arguing for God compared to arguing for the second amendment? 
How much time do you spend in your home sphere sitting with your kids, teaching them the word of God versus going shooting with them? And I'm not saying don't go shooting with them. If you own guns, by all means, go shooting with them. I stand convicted. For me, it was speed skating in my little girl. I stand convicted. I am pointing on myself and beating my finger into my chest for I will always regret it. And we can change. They can change too, but will they? Gods. They've made little minor gods. I mentioned if they can do this to Steve Bannon, they can do it to you. And then they said they have done it to you and they have. When they forcibly let, when, when, when they let Bill Gates forcibly stick it in you, they did it to you using this time, not a, a January 6th committee, but absolutely an invented authority for a completely corrupt man who runs an utterly corrupt organization called the CDC. And kudos to Brett Baer for kind of a little bit, very, very carefully going at Anthony Fauci. We have an open mind, but it looks very, very much like this was a natural occurrence. I mean, Dr. Fauci, just to be honest, when when you read those emails, it does not sound like you have an open mind. When you read the email from no, no, um, Kirsten Anderson, who says the unusual features of the virus make yeah. up a real small part of the genome, and one has to right. look really closely at but, the sequences to see that some features look engineered, right. and you say this is a shiny object and it'll go away. It does not sound like you're open-minded right. to it. Brett, I, I know you're a good person. I know you a long time. If you take a group of emails when people are considering and thinking out loud and you stop there and don't look at the weeks of careful examination by those same people that wrote the emails and then say, you know, now that we've looked at it in the published peer review literature, they explain very clearly why they think it's a natural occurrence. The same people who you stopped at this no, point, I understand, but they're the, the same people that are getting funded by reading, you, by you, getting money from you, and they published a piece uh, called The Proximal Origin of yeah. SARS in the Natural yeah. Me- Medicine. Right. Did you help edit that right. piece? No, I did not. When you are in a debate with someone and you say, I know you to be a good person, you are saying to them, you're acting like a bad person. That's what you're saying. Furthermore, when Fauci mentions those papers and then says peer-reviewed, I beg you to do something. Back in the day when they were still hard pimping, COVID's going to kill everybody, I asked you, whenever you hear the phrase cases, 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 insert of nothing, cases of nothing, because cases meant nothing. Every time you hear cases, think nothing, cases of nothing. Or you hear, died from COVID, I asked you to add, or so we want you to believe. In this case, when you hear, and this is true for this environment around COVID, it's true for what they did to kids and adults with antidepressants, when in all likelihood, there's never been such a thing as a chemical imbalance. What they're doing here, when they talk about peer review, replace the phrase, it's peer pressure review. You only get peer-reviewed papers that go with the party because the people who initially said, oh yeah, yeah, this stuff came from a, this stuff came from a lab in China, they got pressured. You want our funding? You want Pfizer money? You want NIH money? You withdraw that. 
Oh yeah, we were wrong. Upon further review, no, no, no. This is uh, this is all naturally occurring. Those same people are now coming back because they can't stand what's gone on. They see many of them have retired. Many of them have left the profession. You had a whole bunch of people walk out of the FDA when they said you're going to inject kids with this garbage. They lost a whole bunch of employees, and so you end up with people like Jeffrey Sachs, a professor who used to. I'll add one provocative statement. We could take it up later. It may shock you or not shock you, or you may say, I already know that, Professor Sachs. But I chaired a commission for The Lancet for two years on COVID. I'm pretty convinced it came out of uh, U.S. lab biotechnology, not out of nature. Just to mention, after two years of intensive work on this. So it's a blunder, in my view, of biotech, not an accident of a natural spillover. We don't know for sure, I should be absolutely clear, but there's enough evidence that it should be looked into and it's not being investigated, not in the United States, not anywhere. And I think for real reasons that they don't wanna look underneath the, uh, uh, underneath the, uh, the rug. And there it is from the beginning, talking about the Star Chamber going after Bannon and taking his rights to the rap. They did it to us. They're already doing it to us. The Lord has warned us. Choose carefully your kings. Let us make sure that in our hearts, we only take the knee to the Lord our God. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be mindful that you will know them by their fruits.